Good morning. Welcome to Waters Church, North Attleboro. My name is Tim. I'm the pastor here. One church in three locations, Norwood, North Attleboro, and Easton, Massachusetts. And by the way, they watch this by video over in Easton. So everybody in North Attleboro, let's welcome in our Easton church. Come on, everybody. Say hello. If you have a Bible this morning, let's go to John chapter 8. John Chapter 8, we're going to read a verse of Scripture this morning that is absolutely familiar to probably everybody in this audience and even in the world. Many, many, many people hear this verse and say this verse, and when I say it, you're going to know exactly which one it is. We're in the midst of a series called God's Game Plan, that God has a game plan for your life. Five things that God wants to do in every single life here this morning. First, God wants you saved. He wants you healed. He wants you set free. Number three, that's where we are today. God wants you set free. He wants you equipped. And then he wants you empowered to serve. So say them with me. God wants you saved, saved. Healed, healed, set free, free. equipped, equipped, and empowered. That's God's game plan for your life. We talked about saved and healed. And today we're talking about being set free in Jesus' name. You've gotten the message already, haven't you? The music, the songs, everything is tied together for this moment that we are talking about being set free in Jesus' name. John chapter 8, let's stand together. If you have a Bible, open it there, John chapter 8, and let's read. Verse 29, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, Jesus, even as Jesus spoke, many put their faith in him. Now look at verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, then you are my disciples. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. God bless you. Have a seat this morning. We are talking about being set free. I got a question for you. Looking at verse 31 here on the screen, what, who is Jesus talking to? The Bible says that Jesus is talking to the Jews who had believed him. These were people who believed in Jesus. These were his disciples. He then says, you are really my disciples. And to people who believed in him and to his disciples, Jesus says, you're going to know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the first point that I want to make about freedom this morning is this. When Jesus says this to disciples, he says it to us. Point number one, it is possible for believers to be in bondage. It is possible for people who believe in Jesus to have a besetting struggle in their life, a sin that has dominion over them, that has authority over their being. And it is possible for you to be in bondage. And you say, well, how does that happen? Jesus tells us. He says, this is what happens. Here's how slavery starts in your life as a believer now. Verse 34, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, here's how it starts. It never starts as bondage. 
It never starts as slavery. It starts as something small. One or two areas. One or two sins. One or two things that you do that you shouldn't be doing. And then before you know it, it grows. And as you feed sin, as you do sin, it becomes more powerful and more of a stronghold in your life. And it takes um, authority over you. And here's, here's what, what you see happen in your life. You start to compromise in one area. And before you know it, you've got a besetting sin. It is slavery in your life. And you cannot break free on your own. A great theologian by the name of William Shedd said, here, said this about sin. Sin is the suicidal act of the will against itself. Sin is the suicidal act of the will against itself. What's he saying? He's saying very simply, the more you sin, the harder it is to stop sinning. The more you give yourself to some area of disobedience, the easier it is to keep doing it. And so it never starts as bondage. It starts as something small. It starts as something trivial, and it leads to slavery. And the, and the word here Jesus uses for sin is, is the word for a prolonged state of, invo of, of involvement, a prolonged state of being. So Jesus is not talking about, you know, stumbling or, or falling. We all stumble. We all fall in many ways. We all sin unintentionally. But Jesus is talking about you are doing something, and you can't get out of it. It has mastery over you. God said to Cain. He said these words, sin is crouching at your door, Cain. It desires to have you. It desires to own you. It desires to master you, but you must master it. And so this is what happens with us. It starts small, it grows, it becomes an empowering force, and it is possible, that's all I want you to hear for right now, it is possible for Christians to be in bondage to sin. Number two, it is difficult, it is very difficult to admit you're in bondage. This is very hard. And this message is not an easy message to hear, but I've got good news for you. Paul already warned you this morning. It's a challenging message. But it is difficult to admit that you're in bondage. We like to minimize it. It's not that big of a deal. I have control. That's not that bad of a sin. And when it comes to sin, we always like to compare ourselves to people who are worse than us. Well, I know I'm doing this, but at least I'm not doing what that guy's doing. And the good news is that CNN is on 24 hours a day, so we can always just flip it over there and say, see, as long as I'm not as bad as that dude. And we'll say that about our sin, and we'll minimize it, and we'll, and we'll make excuses for it. And, and then we'll deny that we're in bondage. Look at what the Bible says. Here's how the believers responded to Jesus. In verse 33, it says, he, they answered him, verse 33, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that verse 33 in John chapter 8 is the funniest verse in the Bible. It's the funniest verse. You say, why? Here's why. I want you to think about this. These are first century Jews. And here's what they are claiming is the truth about their life. Let me read it again slowly, and you tell me if you think it's funny or not. They said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. That's a funny sentence right there. Because if you've read your Bible, you get to the second book of the Bible, guess who's enslaved? Jews. 
and they're a slave to Egypt. And then if you read through the Bible, you see that they were not just enslaved to Egypt. They got free from that. Then they were enslaved to the Midianites. Then they were enslaved to the Philistines. Then they were enslaved to the Babylonians and the Chaldeans and the Assyrians and the Syrians. I mean, these people weren't enslaved to anyone. They were enslaved to everyone. But it's hard to admit that you're in bondage. It's, it's easy to minimize it and make an excuse for it. And, and, and here's what I see Christians do. They like to give cute names to destructive sin. That's not a sin. That's just I have a struggle. That's a cute name. Struggle. Anything with two G's is a cute name. It's like a dog's name. I mean, really, we, we, we like to make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. I make a few mistakes in this area. Really? How long have you been making mistakes in that area? Well, 25 years. That's a struggle. That's not a struggle. That's bondage. That's not mistakes. That's bondage. And we need to be honest about it. We'll say, well, I have a few issues or I have a bad habit. No, my friend, it is bondage. I know it's hard to admit. I know it's difficult to see it. But if you don't see it, you'll never be free from it. And you'll never become the person that Jesus Christ wants you to be. And you need to be free from your bondage. Number three, here's the best part. Freedom is easy when you come to Christ. Freedom is easy when you come to Christ. It's hard to admit, yes. But when you finally come clean and you say, yes, indeed, I am a slave to a sin in my life, it is easy to come clean and be redeemed and set free in Jesus' name. How do you do it? Number one, you admit you need freedom. That's called confession. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 13. He who conceals his sin does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Another passage, another ver version says it like this. He who conceals his sin suffers harm. Some of us are suffering harm with the sins in our lives because we have yet to confess and come clean. And it will destroy us. And it will hold us back from the life of freedom that God has called us to be in Christ. And so we need to stop minimizing it. And, and, and we need to admit that there is a, there is a besetting bondage in our lives. And, and, and even if, listen to me, even if it's not one of the big three sins. Because you can be in bondage to anything. Some of you are wondering, what are the big three? <laughs> we all know what the big three are. It's, it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. I mean, that's the big three, right? And, and, and so I, I don't have a problem with that stuff. Yeah, but you've got a jealousy problem. Yeah, but you're enslaved to bitterness. Yeah, but you're enslaved to lust. Or you're, you're enslaved to envy and, and, or, or malice towards somebody else. Someone hurt you 10 years ago. You're still not over it. You need to be set free. Because it's holding you back from being the person that God intends for you to be. In fact, I would be willing to admit that there are some sins, there are some bondages, you don't even know are bondages yet. 
And that's the process of sanctification, that over time God illuminates into our minds things that need to be released, things that need to be broken in our lives that we previously didn't know were problems, but God has shined his light on that area and he has shown us that we need freedom and, and to be set free from that bondage so that we can be the children of God that, that he wants us to be. Here's, here's what I want you to hear. Why would you want anything holding you back from being who God made you to be? Even if it's small. Even if it's just one small little area of your life. Why would you want one thing holding you back from the freedom that Christ has come to offer you? And so we've got to confess that we need freedom. Number two, we've got to hold on to Jesus' teaching. We've got to hold on to Jesus' teaching. Verse 31, that's exactly what Jesus says. If you hold to my teaching... Then you are my disciples. If you hold on. Somebody say, hold on. How do you hold on to Jesus' teaching? Here's how you hold on. You get into a church. You get into a church that preaches the Bible. And you stay committed to that church. And you let the Word of God pre be preached into your life over a period of time. Over years sometimes. And, and little by little, God takes his, his pickaxe and his chisel to you, and he just kind of chisels away all the garbage and all the junk that doesn't belong in your life. And it takes time, and it takes uh, dedication, but it takes up to you to hold on. Because I see a lot of people making a lot of mistakes in this area in the church. And they won't hold on, and they won't stay the course with one church. We see this in this area a lot. People bounce from church to church to church, and they're looking. This is what I hear from people. They're looking for the church that will agree with them. And as soon as the pastor says something that they don't like or they don't agree with or it hits them the wrong way, then they jet and find another church where they can approve of what's being said. Let me blow your mind for a minute, for, uh, one second here this morning. Let me just throw out a hypothetical. What if you are the one who needs to change? <laughs> Crazy idea, I know, right? Because y'all you, you, know it's good for you, I know. But sometimes, and, and, and this is a deal with adults, we don't have moms and dads telling us that's wrong, that's wrong. So we need somebody to tell us this is right, this is wrong. And what is that? That is the authority of God's word. And as long as I preach this word, you're in safe hands. And this word sometimes is going to hit you right here. When it hits you right here, that is not the sign for you to go find another church. That's the sign for you to say, God is speaking to me about something and I need to change. I need to change. Not the preacher, not the church, not the doctrinal statement. I need to change. We have seen the problem and it is us. And everybody who just clapped to that, remember that the next time I hit you right here. Because that's, that's what we do, though. We don't hold on. And we don't let the Lord lead us in the, in, the, in the freedom that he wants us to have. Here's what I get from unbelievers, and you get this, too. This the whole baby out with the bathwater argument. And they won't listen to the word of God because doesn't the Bible promote slavery? And doesn't the Bible say that women should be subjugated to their husbands? And, and doesn't the Bible promote? And we hear this all the time, especially in this, in this um, time in our history as Americans. Over and over again. Baby out with the bathwater. And we take ancient texts 
that were written to barbaric people thousands of years ago, and we try to make them applicable today, and they don't. But we see in the, in the book of Galatians 3.28, God says, In Christ there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, there is neither rich nor poor, but all are one in Christ Jesus. I believe that that is the highest calling of God ac across all of humanity, and we need to stop allowing people to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And some of you, that's where you're at. You even came to this church at the whim of somebody's invitation. You're not saved. You don't believe this stuff. And one of the reasons why you don't believe it is because you hold this book captive to your own ideas and opinions. And I got the same question for you. What if you are the one who needs to change? Just, 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 just throwing it out there. I don't believe in a God who would, what? A God who would do something you wouldn't do. Well, that makes you God. And he's serving you. And that doesn't work. And you might not like how God runs the universe. But until you get your own universe, you're going to have to live with this God. <laughs> he says, hold to my teaching. you got to hold on. Somebody say it again. Hold on. And then verse 32. Now, verse 32 in John chapter 8 is the most often misquoted verse in the Bible. We misquote this all the time. And here's how we say it. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. That's not what the verse says. The verse has one word missing when we say it like that. And it's the most important word. And here's what it says in, on the screen. Verse 32. Then you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. What then? After you've held on. After you've stayed the course with the word of God. After you've let the, Lord, the, the Lord's word be preached into your heart and into your mind and you've stayed faithful to the teachings of Jesus, even when you didn't agree, even when it hurt, even when it hit you between the eyes, even when nobody else did. Listen, I got some news for some of you. Some of your family members will disagree with what you believe about this book. With some of your families will, will, will disagree with, with, with the thing that you believe about Jesus. At some point, you got to be a big girl and a big boy and be your own person and follow Jesus, irregardless of who agrees with you or who doesn't. Then, then you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Notice that Jesus says you will know the truth. He doesn't say you will meet the truth. That's where a lot of Christians are. They've met the truth. They met Jesus years ago or, or last week or whatever. They met Jesus, they got saved, they got baptized, and that's as far as they went. I'm good. I got my ticket to heaven and I'm good. And they're roaming in a wilderness of defeat. Because although they have crossed over from death to life, they are not experiencing the blessing of the new life in Christ. The freedom that Christ comes to give. Freedom from sin and shame and guilt and slavery to keep doing things that are destroying your life. The Bible tells us that the Israelites came out of Egypt and they crossed through the Red Sea. That was their baptism moment. Paul says that in 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians. He says that was their baptism. But they all died in the wilderness. How do living people die? The Bible says they got out of Egypt 
And here's what happened. As soon as they were out of Egypt, they crossed through the Red Sea. God splits the sea and they walk on dry ground. Then the, the Egyptians come after them and God closes the sea over the Egyptians. They are liberated from Egypt forever. Wonderful news. They have a worship celebration. They sing a song. Freedom reigns in this place. I mean, they were, they were rejoicing. The Bible says Miriam takes out the tambourine. We used to have tambourines in this church. If you have a tambourine, we highly encourage you not to bring it to church. And they, and they started singing and worshiping and praising. And then they missed one meal. And they flipped out. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here into the desert to starve to death? We would like to go back to Egypt where we sat around pots of boiling meat. Because they saw that they had been saved. But they had yet to be delivered. And here's the fastest way to hijack God's promises in your life. Complaining and looking back. Are you wandering in the wilderness? How, how do I know if I'm wandering in the wilderness? I'm wandering in the wilderness when I'm constantly looking back at where Jesus has saved me from. And then I, I reason. It wasn't that bad. You know, maybe I could go back and handle it better. You're in the wilderness, my friend. God wants to set you free from every sin that has you captive. To disobedience because if you don't let it happen you'll never experience the promised land of God's grace and God's joy and a life that is lived on a higher plane where you are liberated and freed from everything that holds you back I ask you again why would you want any one sin any one issue to hold you back from God's amazing plan for your life. But we're wandering in the wilderness, and we know this is true in so many Christians' lives, because here's the posture of many Christians. They are in Christ, and they have been set free. Here's, here's what happened. You are walking around with chains on your life, in bondage to all kinds of sin, in bondage to all kinds of addictions, whether or not they were the big three. And, and Jesus Christ came, and, and here's, here's what happened. There was a lock on the key, uh, on the chain. And, and what does the lock say? The lock says, Master. <laughs> there was a master holding you captive before you came to Christ. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. Jesus resurrected. Jesus said to his disciples, I have the key of hell and death, and I'm coming to set you free. And you come to Christ. He takes the key of life, puts it in the lock that the devil thought was going to beat you and destroy you if he could get it in. <laughs> Turned it took the chains off and dropped the lock from your life. You're free. You're set free in Jesus' name. But there's still these chains. There's still these, these, these things that I do. 
that I know I don't want to do. And I need them out. And how do I get out? I confess I need to get out. I need to I, stop minimizing it. Stop, stop pretending like it's not a big deal. Admit. And let Jesus take the chains off your neck. Because look, if I pretend like these don't bother me, be, because I'm a reasonably strong man. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because I'm a reasonably strong man. Amen. <laughs> I could get away with these chains for a while. I could. I could pretend like they don't exist. I could wear shirts over them and cover them up and act like they're not there. But if I wore these all week, next week I come in like this with a severe backache. And I'm just, I'm just down. I'm just walking through life like this. This is where a lot of Christians are. This is why a lot of people don't want to be a Christian. Because though we say we love Jesus, we're still hung over by these chains. And we're still down. And some of us are more negative like this than we were before we came to Christ. Why? Because though the chains have been unlocked, we have yet to get them off of our necks. And Jesus says, You got to let me in, you got to hold on to my teaching. You got to be my disciple. Let me do the changing of you. Then, then you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Because every, every bondage that we have in our lives is rooted in a lie. Everything that you habitually do that you don't want to do, there's a lie there. Down below the surface. Well, I. I, I, just, I just flirt with women because it makes me feel good about myself. It makes me feel like a real man. I know I'm married, but it makes me feel like I'm, I'm still valuable. That's the lie. The lie is that you're valuable because Jesus Christ loved you enough to give his life for you. And a real man doesn't need the validation of women for who he is. Some of you holding on to the change. The lie is I have a right to be bitter. Because as people, I have a right to hold on to this hurt. Because when they see that I'm still bitter about it, they'll change what they do. And the lie is you think being bitter is going to change them. And the truth is, no one can change anybody. Only the Word of God brings change into people's lives. And the only person that bitterness and unforgiveness and holding on to hurt feelings is hurting is you. And you need to get that chain off your neck with the freedom that God came to give you in Jesus' name. I, 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 another, another lie. Well, it's only anger. You know, I'm not, I'm not killing anybody. I'm not, I'm not killing somebody. I'm just, I'm just mad a lot. That's all. It's just a temper. You, you, you know, here's the deal with the temper. Right now, you're fine. But eventually, anger grows. And it becomes who you are. And eventually, you become... How many know this? When you get older, there, there comes a point where you cross the line and you just become a grumpy person. As you get older, you just get more grumpier. When you don't let Christ set you free now, because I know a lot of Christians who have more joy the older they get. Do you know why? They haven't let anger be a chain around their neck. But if you hold on to anger now at age 40, 
What kind of jerk are you going to be at age 80? <laughs> Sitting around on your lazy boy asking why the grandkids don't call. They don't want to call because you're mean. You need to let that chain come off your neck. You need to let God set you free. How? You shall know the truth after you've been holding on to Jesus, after you've stayed the course, after you've let the preaching of the word go in. Then you are his disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And the word know in the Greek is gnosko. It's, it's the most intimate form of the word know the Bible has. It's the word that the Bible uses for sexual relations between a husband and a wife. Jesus is saying, you will be intimately acquainted with the truth. It's, it's not just scanning your Bible a few minutes before bed. It's getting in there. Getting deep into the Word of God. Even if you don't understand it, agree with it, like it, or, or, or believe it, you examine it. And you ask the Holy Spirit. Here's the best part. If you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit is living in you to illuminate the Word of God in your heart so that the lies of Satan can be destroyed and you can be free. Every bondage in your life is rooted in a lie. Every bondage is rooted in a lie. And so you let the truth come in and it sets you free from that anger. And you let the truth come in and it sets you free from that jealousy. And you let the truth come in and it sets you free from that lust and that pride and that anger and resentment. And before you know it, you're free from all the chains that have held you back for your whole life. And you can be, you can be what God wants you to be. Because that is the freedom that Christ came to give us. You shall know intimately the truth and then you shall be free. It's hard to admit that you're in bondage. It's free, and it's easy to get free in Jesus Christ. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Now, I know that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. And I know right now that the enemy is trying to speak to some of you. And he's trying to say it's not that big of a deal. You've come this far, you're okay. Ignore what he says. And that's just the way the enemy works, to hold you captive to doing his will. My friend, Jesus wants to set you free. That freedom might reign in you. I want you to stand with me this morning with your head bowed and eyes, heads bowed and eyes closed. Some of you today need to admit, I'm, I'm in bondage. I'm in bondage. And I'm going to make it real easy for you to respond to this message. The elders are going to come to the front here. All the elders, come on up to the front. They're going to pray with you. You need freedom this morning. You need to come see one of these people. Let them pray. And let them see. Let, let, let the Holy Spirit start to do a work in your life of redemption, freedom, and release from every sin that has entangled you and held you back from running the race that God wants you to run. Don't be stubborn. Don't be prideful. Don't be resistant to the Holy Spirit. Let Him do His work. It starts with humbling yourself and coming and saying, yes, I receive the freedom that God has for me. And to make it very easy for you, here's the deal. I don't care what you need prayer for today. You might just need prayer for sickness or prayer for something else. You just come. Come on up to the front and we'll pray with you.
As we sing this song again, freedom reigns in this place. I want you to step out from where you are. At the end of my prayer, I want you to step out from where you are, and I want you to come and receive freedom in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I know that there are people here that need freedom in Christ. I know that you want to do a work in our lives, and I pray that every heart that needs freedom will humble themselves and come. Spirit of God, be the catalyst in their life to walk away from that sin, to walk away from that bondage, to walk away from that slavery, and to find the liberation and the power of Jesus so that we can be set free and walking in your purposes this day forward and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You come. You need prayer. Come.